I'm entitling the message today, Is the Bible Reliable? Even today. Is it reliable? Now you hear me closely this morning, and, and you can challenge me, and we will go head to head, and nose to nose. But we are quickly leaving the inspired and inerrant and infallible Word of God, even in our churches, to carry on to try to believe that we're here to try to change the culture. We are in a day when we, as blessed people in America, the most blessed people, I think, on earth, but the Bible is being challenged on every front. Many churches will meet today in the name of Jesus Christ and will never even read from this book, the inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word of God. I challenge those of you that watch on television to go up and down the Christian channels and see how many messages you hear on the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. I challenge you to listen and find the churches that are preaching with strong convictions that except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or that Jesus is coming again and the signs of the time are evident. We have come to this point in God blessing us through all of the moments from the time that God created the heavens and the earth and that God dealt with the first sin that we have seen what the Bible prophesies as a falling away. That that day will come preceding the coming of Jesus when there will be a falling away. We're in that day today. And I will try to show you very clearly from the scripture. But I want you to stay closely attention today to the message. I first of all want to take you to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Let me read it to you as it goes up on the screen here, or you can follow in the scripture as you so choose. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then let me take you to the Old Testament many, many years before and the psalmist wrote in the 119th Psalm, that long Psalm, verse 105 of that 119th chapter, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. The Bible is real and it is relevant. Amen. I will try to prove my point. When's the last time you read it? When's the last time you memorized the scripture from it? When is the last time that you turned off the television and all the things that were pulling, the ball games were on, the entertainment was on, the invitation had come, but yet there was some need in your heart to know God that day. But you threw it aside and left it behind. But this book, you may have it in your hand right now, you may have it in your home, you may have it in your office, but is it reliable? We will be giving to every guest today 
a beautiful family Bible if you would like to receive it. It's absolutely free. We don't take your name and address and phone number and put an envelope in your hand to make an offering. We believe at Sagemont in the Word of God. Our leadership is 100% committed in the fallibility of the Scriptures. But here is my question for those that don't read it. What is your authority? What is it? Well, what do you turn to when you need to answer to some of life's most difficult situations? You've been diagnosed with a very serious disease. A relationship has broken up that was very special to you. A financial crunch has come like you've never known before. We could go on and on with the list. My question is, where do you go for help? Do you just get mad and angry, throw a tantrum, drink a little alcohol, take a drug, and take a nap and go to bed? Do you have anywhere you can go and get something that is 100% curable of whatever disease you have as it relates to sin? This book says the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. Our problems are the result of sin. The solution is in the blood of Jesus, and the only book that explains that to us is the inspired and inerrant and infallible Word of God. We have compasses that always point to the north. We have watches that keep us correct on our time. We have calendars that mark our history. Uh, we have gravity that holds us to the earth. So my question is, what do you have if you do not know the Bible and don't want to know the Bible because somebody told you you can't understand the Bible because it's too difficult for you to understand when that is not true? You can understand the Bible as a little child. The Bible says very clearly, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me give you some facts about the Bible. Over 100 million Bibles are sold or given away every year. 100 million in the world. That's what the statistics show as of last Thursday. The Bible is the most widely distributed and best-selling book in the world today. The Bible Society concluded that between 1815 and 1975, the Bible was translated into 349 languages. The earliest book of the Bible, now listen to this, the earliest book of the Bible was written 1,000 years before the Koran ever came into existence. The book that the world knows about but does not take the place of the Bible. Amen. The New Testament was completed 500 years before the Koran. The Bible contains, in the Old Testament, 23,145 verses, and in the New Testament, 7,968 verses for a total of 31,103 verses. There's Lots of possibilities there in 31,000 to meet your need today. There is a scripture in this book that was written just for you today. That what you're searching for 
As the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of people whose heart is perfect towards him. When people's heart gets right with God, they start looking for what God has to say to them. When their heart is not right from God, they avoid it at all costs. They attack the Bible. They do not want to go to a Bible study. They want to feel good. They want some temporary answers to life's temporary problems. And they go their way. And yet the Bible comes back to tell us the truth that will set us free. So I'm going to ask you again. This is a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it out loud. But where do you get your truth from? What is your source? If it's a multiplicity of things, that in itself will confuse you. Because no two of us think alike. If you get your thinking from men, you're going to have a problem. If you get it from God, there's only one God. And he is in the person of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God's Word, the Bible, is the authority for our lives. That is what I believe. Everything that represents authority is under attack today. So this is under attack. In that this has the greatest authority, it's under the biggest attack. And that is the reason that even Christian leaders shun the Bible because the Bible offends the sinner. And yet some way they're going to put the pieces back together and somewhere along the way, these people that reject God and reject the Bible are going to come to Christ in some other way. But Scripture says there's no other name given among men whereby we must, we must be saved. Maybe nobody here needs any help in rearing your kids. Maybe the, we men don't need any help in being better husbands. And maybe the women that are married, better wives. And maybe you got it all together. You don't need one bit of help on handling your material things. You are a financial genius. It just amazes you how well you invest your money and how you spend your money and how you save your money and how you give it. You don't need any help on that. My goodness gracious alive. Who's having financial problems? Well, it might be you. And if it is you, this book has more to say about finances and wealth and how to handle it than any book's ever been written. And it's all truth. And everyone that's ever practiced it knows it is truth. Anybody have any problem dealing with your emotions? Some of you look like it. (laughs) And some of you look at me like, well, you sure do. (laughs) You know the place to go? To the book. He says, I'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. All understanding. Even the doctors don't know. Even the psychiatrists don't know. Even the counselor doesn't know. Even the preacher doesn't know. Because he is the Prince of Peace as well as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Any of you need any direction for the way you're spending your life right now or or what your plans are for the rest of your life? You say, I'm planning for retirement. How are you planning for retirement? Oh, I don't know. I'm just planning for retirement. 
And the Bunko game I go to three times a week, we just sit there and plan for retirement. <laughs> Don't really have any plans. It's all in the past, you know. I'm drawing it now from the government's taking care of me. I'm in great hands. I don't have a problem in the world. I'm just going to sit here till they have the service in my honor. That's not what God wants for you. He wants every day with Jesus to be sweeter than the day before, like the songwriter put it. And, and he wants you to finish well. Amen. You ever have somebody come up and say, hey, Man, I just read this new book. I just remember. Here, I want you to read this new book. Man, I've got a library full of them. And I try to read a lot of them. I really do. But I don't let them take the place of this. Amen. See, this is the book. Everything else is way, way, way down here. I mean, the latest relief to just change your life. Let me tell you what will change your life. No new book is going to change your life. Jesus is going to change your life. And this book will change your life for eternity, forever and forever and forever. Will this stand up under testing? You bet. It has been tried and proven for centuries and no one has been successful in discrediting the inspired and errant and infallible word of God. There's nothing that's undergone the test of these 66 books. If I choose and if you choose to replace the Bible with something better. What's it going to be? Could you come call your pastor this week and say, Pastor, I know a lot of people are going to come to you. You're going to talk to them about the Bible. They're not going to watch the Bible. But let me tell you what I've found and recommend this book to them. Do you have any books like that? Do you have any book that you know that will bring the peace this book will bring to you in the times of trouble, in the times of war, in the times of illnesses? And on? Is there anything, anything that comes close? I don't think so. You know, you say, well, preacher, don't you think you ought to listen to your doctor? I sure do. But I know something about doctors. They disagree. All doctors don't agree. I have two doctor's degrees. I don't know what they're good for, but I just want you to know that. You know, I'm not sure they've helped me at all. But I know this book has helped me a whole lot. Scientists disagree. You say, I'm a scientist. I'm a scientist. They all disagree. <laughs> Lawyers disagree. Can you imagine that? I think they call that the courtroom. Businessmen disagree. Counselors disagree. Counselors disagree. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit don't disagree. Amen. They're in one. They're in one. Think about that. You can go somewhere, and anything you read will help you to become stronger and stronger and stronger. God's word is the same, never changing. Psalm 11 verse 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If our foundation is upon a solid rock, the blood of Jesus, the inerrancy of Scripture, we're on a solid foundation. 2 Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands secure. God's Word has been attacked like no other book, but it has, it has withstood the times, and it will continue to withstand. It's unchanging. It's authoritative, and we don't like that. 
When you use that word authority, a lot of people really get angry about it. You know, police have authority. Don't you enjoy them walking up to your car and badges everywhere and that little sweet smile? Do you have your driver's license? They have authority. The Bible grants that authority. Traffic signals. They're all out of time. Every time we get to them, they go red. <laughs> Everybody else, the other three, they get to move. We got to stop. Gets on your nerves, doesn't it? And referees. Lord, help us. The little leaguers are now fighting. There's more parents on the field than there are little leaguers in some of these ball games. My goodness, can you think about the, the horrendous job of being a referee at a little league football, baseball, or polo game? They're literally watch television, having rides. They're hurting people, you know, over little junior. You know, I don't get it, but somebody does. We're always getting confused. We're always getting confused. But let me let you in on a little secret. The Bible will never help us support our prejudices. See, a lot of us are prejudiced about a lot of different things. This book won't support that. There's one way, there's one truth, there's one light, and God's got a plan. He doesn't want us to be prejudiced. He don't want us to look and say, my way is better than anybody else's way. My kind is better than every other kind. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. A lot of people get preconceived ideas, and then they go out and look for proof of their idea. It doesn't work that way. The idea comes from here. And we conform to the image of God. We need to be interested in what God thinks. Not be interested in what God thinks as long as God agrees with us. See, that's where some of us bail out. Well, I read my Bible the other day until I found out that, uh-oh, God doesn't believe exactly what I believe. So what are you going to do? Go get another book. No, you need to confess, repent, and turn and follow him. That's the answer. Makes it real, real simple. Don't you like to be around these scholars that quote the scripture to you like these? Well, I know the Bible says God helps those that help themselves. What chapter and verse is that? My, my research went bad on that one this week. How about this one? Cleanliness is next to godliness. You say, is that Old Testament, New Testament? Well, it's fantasy. And boy, this is a good one. All men are created equal. No, we're all created in the image of God. We're not equal. God has a different plan for every life. Amen. And you're better at something than anybody else in the world. And you need to look at it that way. The Bible is a mirror. We all have mirrors. When the mirror doesn't show us what we want to see, we're tempted to go out and buy another mirror. Well, we've had this a long time. It's beginning to kind of grain up on the back and some of the backs. I think I need another mirror. You go get another mirror and it's worse than what you looked at in the bad mirror. So that didn't work. And you know why? What bogs us down is Romans 3.23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God even the one you're looking at in the mirror. 
we're a sinners. That's what we are. But God loves sinners. Died for sinners. Sent his son to pay the price for our sin. But some people don't want to say they're sinners. They want to say they're better than people that go to church or people that read the Bible. Reading the Bible doesn't change you, but doing what it says will change you. The Bible is a mirror. We start reading this book, and we begin to compare our life to the book, and oftentimes we get very, very distraught. All we like sheep, all we like sheep have gone what? Astray. And each has turned towards their own ways. That's what the Bible says about us. We are all born headed the wrong way. And except we repent, and that word means to turn around, we will perish. Some say the Bible's dated. Some say it's contradictory. Some just neglect it. The atheist says the Bible is not true. There is no God. Therefore, there's no God's word. That's what they would say. There's a liberal attack on the Bible made by so-called Christians who question that all of the Bible is the word of God. These are Christian people. They do not go along with the scripture in its total, so they pick and choose. They pick and choose the passages they want it to say rather than what it does say. They have a problem. Here's what they say. The Bible contains the word of God, but it is not the word of God. If it's not the word of God, it does not contain the word of God. We must be honest, folks. We have to look at things exactly like they are. Revelation chapter 22, verse 18 and 19. Let me read you these words. For I testify unto every man. Now, this is the last book in the scripture. John is on the Isle of Patmos. He's writing the book. He's in the penitentiary. He will die there. Listen to what he writes. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. You do not go to heaven if you do not believe the scripture and obey them. The gift comes by grace, but it comes through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved than the name Jesus, Jesus. And we've got to be careful to believe or teach any doctrine that is not taught in the Word of God. Purgatory. There's nothing in this book about purgatory. Nothing. When we die, we don't go somewhere until we pay our way out. No, not there. No way. Infant baptism. Not in here. We're to dedicate our children to the Lord. But baptism means to immerse. We're buried with Christ in baptism and we're raised to walk in a new life. And that's what it means. 
But there's a lot of those things that go around in, in all the different circles. But we must be careful about teaching as doctrine things that are not doctrinal. We must learn to do it God's way. And the worst attack on the Bible today is literally coming from the Christians who refuse to read it. They say they're Christians, but they don't read it. They say they're Christians, but they don't memorize it. They say they're Christians, but they don't study it. They don't go to Bible studies. Most boring thing they ever go to. But I'm a Christian. I'm a church member. It's not the way it works. It's the final authority, the Bible, in every matter, in every matter. And through all of the translations, God has protected the Bible as the inspired and inerrant and infallible word of God. The word is called verbal plenary, that every word is inspired by God and written by God. It's unique in its style. Proverbs 31, could you write that any better? Go and read it. How about Psalm 23? How about the Beatitudes? How about the Sermon on the Mount? How about the Lord's Prayer? How would you improve John 3.16? How would you handle and improve John 14 and 1? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. It's all there. You can't improve on the love of God. You can't teach God how to love. God wants to teach us how to love. He knows how to love unconditionally. We've got to reverse some of these things. You remember the scripture says God is love? And the same scripture says Jesus wept. He wept. He had emotions. He was hurt. He wanted his children to be blessed. He wanted his children to follow him because he had their whole life planned for them. But for some reason, they chose to turn away. And in approximately 500 words... This Bible tells us about creation. It's unique in its thought. The Holy Spirit is there to interpret it for us. All kinds of authors wrote it in all different times of history. But it's all from God. It's all from God. It's unique in its survival. Did you know that Voltaire said a hundred years in the Bible, it'll be a forgotten book. In 50 years, the Geneva Conference moved into his building and the printing press was in the building that Voltaire owned and it's living today. He was wrong. He was wrong. Intelligent, yes, in a way, but wrong. But see, it's by grace that we're saved, and the just shall live by faith. It tells the truth about science. It tells the truth about people. It tells the truth about problems. As I mentioned a while ago, sickness, death, loneliness, parenting, on and on and on. But I'm going to close this morning by reading you 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And then I want you to pay very close attention in about one minute as I draw this to a conclusion. I want you to go home thinking about what I'm fixing to give you right now. Go check it out. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also 
that in the last days perilous times will come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, and disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Here's what I want you to listen to. I took this scripture. Is this relevant? I put Webster's Dictionary beside this passage. I read these words. I'll read them to you as I close. I took the first definition in the Webster's Dictionary of these words in the King James and I want to give them to you as a closing, and you decide whether these are perilous times. You decide whether or not prophecy is being fulfilled in your and my lifetime. That's what I asked you to do. All I asked you is be fair to me. You go home and study. You can come to your own opinion, but don't you miss this. He says they'll be lovers of their own selves. First one, covetous. The first word in Webster is greedy. Boasters. The first words inclined to brag. Proud. Showing overwhelming opinion of oneself. Blasphemers. Profane or mocking abuse of God or anything regarded as sacred. Think about it. Disobedience to parents. Webster refused to obey. Unthankful, Webster says, ungrateful. Unholy, not sacred or holy. Natural affection, not tender in loving. False accusers, blamers. Truce breakers, going back on your word. Incontinent, without self-restraint, especially in regard to sexual activity and fierce and the word is violent think about it Sir Walter Scott famous British novelist and poet was dying and he told his secretary would you go get me the book she was confused what book sir he said the only book for a dying man the Bible. It is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. And this is the book. What have you done with Jesus, the Christ? He is the way of salvation, the only way of salvation, or he's none of the ways of salvation. It's your call. Nobody can do it for you. Don't try to be like the preacher. Don't try to be like your Christian friend. To be like Jesus is what he asked. Whenever the time of death comes, if you're conscious, you're probably not going to want the Houston Chronicle or the Wall Street Journal. You're probably not wanting to turn on any of the news broadcast. But if you know anything about what I preach today, you're going to want to know what does God say. Because in just a few moments, we're absent from the body and we're present with the Lord. You can trust it, folks. You can trust it.
You'll not find people that tell you you can't trust this book. You can trust it. And when you trust it, God's going to bless you. But when you defile it, you'll pay the price.